Hello, this is Sydney Moon, and welcome to the Holiday Moons Podcast, where we share our love for the holidays with you year-round. This is Beth, and I'm going to be doing part two on my Autumn Leaves series. I guess it's a series. It's only <laughs> two parts, so... Hello, this is Randy, and I will be continuing talking about Halloween traditions. This week, I will be talking about Halloween costumes. Unfortunately, Cole is out unexpectedly sick. Poor Cole. Yes. Hi, Cole. So we miss you. He had planned to do um, his first monster off his Universal Classic Monster <laughs> yeah, series. He loves that. Um, I don't remember which one. Maybe Dracula. Dracula. I think it may have been Dracula. <laughs> uh, but you'll but hear it next time. We wish him well, and hopefully... Well, before this podcast is sent out, he'll be all better. Yeah, he just has a cold. Yes. Right, yeah, that's true. In this day and age, you have to kind of be careful. Yeah, and you just have to make sure. Yeah, just a it's not cold. COVID. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what holiday happenings do we have for this week? I know for one, we watched this movie called A Shop Around the Corner, which is an older movie. Basically, it's about these two employees. One of them is Jimmy Stewart, and they department store who can barely stand each other when they're around each other in person but without realizing that they're actually falling in love through the posts um they get through this anonymous pen pal thing that they're doing and so there's kind of like little shenanigans and things like that it's not like a high action one it's a lot of banter between the two of them on and off and it's takes place at christmas time so the one thing i thought was really interesting from a holiday perspective is that Back then, this is set in 1940, so many people did their shopping, Christmas shopping, on Christmas Eve. That is crazy. (laughs) Is that nuts? It's insane. Yeah. To even begin to think about. Yes. Not on Black Friday like we do. And speaking of Black Friday. Yeah. So, um, Dad, you posted a article, and I was reading it. I thought it was very interesting. Walmart is considering starting their Black Friday deals early in the month of November. Now, they don't have actual dates set yet, or at least not that they've announced. But I thought that was an interesting concept because with COVID going around and everything, I imagine that the online shopping would be even more important. Right. And um, another thing that the article said was people were starting their um, holiday shopping even earlier. So I don't know how they got that information, but that's what they stated. And it's funny that they mentioned that because I have a mentor at work. The, her office had sent everybody home during the pandemic just for safety precautions. She Everybody's back now. But during that time that she was off because um, they wouldn't let anybody in the building, she got all her Christmas gifts done, all her Christmas shopping done. Like she learned how to knit or crochet <laughs> and she's wow. making, considering making soaps. And so that's wow. hilarious. Yeah, so that was really funny. So when I saw that article, I, I thought of her and I'm like, yeah, I mean, so yeah, you see do all, something with your time. Right. You see all those people making sourdough bread. So this could be a lot of sourdough bread <laughs> as, for, gifts. as gifts this that's year. Right, that's right. Yeah. Another thing that I think I saw was that they were going to do something like Amazon as in people could subscribe for a fee and get your stuff shipped great to you. Who was? Walmart. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure that's oh. what the article says. See, that would be really super smart. Yeah. Because again, like Black Friday, you have so much crowd and a lot of the stores now are not going to be open on Thanksgiving Day. Which, which I was going nice. to mention. That's really nice. Yes, yes. For the employees. But as a result, Black Friday the day will be crazier. So I can see Walmart saying, okay, you know, because I mean, if you've seen any of the Black Friday videos from 
you know, Walmart. (laughs) (laughs) They can be absolutely nuts. So I can see Walmart saying, okay, you know, let's just think about this. Spread it out maybe a little more. And they're big enough to actually accomplish this. Right. They're a big enough chain that they could do this. Mm -hmm. Not many are. I mean, Amazon's kind of the, I mean, that's where I go to for, to look for everything. Right. They have everything now. I'm talking about your friend who's doing stuff. I am enjoying making Christmas tags. Right. <laughs> and, and so I need stamps and mm-hmm. I need um, the metal dies to cut things out. And and you're doing um, that via stamping up, stamp it up? No, it's just, a, it's just stamping. Oh, okay. Stamping. Yeah. Okay. Stamping, stamping up is a, one of the um, things I use. There are like a lot of other places. Michael's, you can find things, but... Amazon, you can also find things. Right. But it's so easy, because we're Prime members, it's so easy to get on there, find it at a great price, boom, it'll just be delivered to your door. So if Walmart is going to do that, it could be really advantageous for them. Yeah, and they said that they hired quite a lot of holiday workers. So if they hire, like, drivers just to drive packages around to people's, like, places. Yeah, we're speculating. Yeah. So I, That'll be smart, though. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens Exactly, there. yeah. Very fun, and it's been um, nice weather here. Got a little bit, started to get a little bit warmer, but we've had some really nice fall days for September. We're recording this right at the end of September, and September has been surprisingly cool Oh, my here. goodness. So yeah. lovely. It's Virginia. Usually, we're hot. Yes. Into October, well, we and just sound. And we just had that discussion with Cole about, what was that? Is September? Oh, yeah. Is it, is it cooler in the fall or the spring? Yeah, is that cooler in the was? fall and the spring. Yes. We were talking about how September always fools us because we yes. want it to be cool. Right. But it's warm. But this year, yes. it's actually been pretty cool. much nicer. So. Yeah. It's been awesome. Yes. Yeah, very fun. And then I think you saw at Lowe's, there were a bunch of Christmas things out. You were, Randy was describing to me, I think last night, about a lovely arch of white lights. And I was like, ooh, that could look really pretty at the end of our walkway. Yes. And so I was, what I was doing was looking for some orange rope lights to extend the one side of our driveway of rope lights that line both sides of our driveway, which is about... 375 feet long so I just go out a little bit and then add a little bit each year now with the Christmas lights I go the whole way to the end now but the Halloween lights I don't so I was looking for some rope lights to extend some LED ones some specific ones and no place had them but when I went to Lowe's they had gobs of Christmas stuff (laughs) already all their Christmas lights out like all the different big display things little display the actual lights you put on your net, you know, you put on your bushes and, you know, all that stuff. So lots of Christmas things to pick from. It was funny because we went, I guess it was last weekend, to get a blind for Sydney's room, a new blind. And we walked in to Lowe's and it was like, ooh, because it was all pretty sparkly <laughs> and Christmassy. Oh, the, this one whole area was just like, boom. But I didn't get to stop and look because we were, we were there for a certain purpose. So we were... Yeah. On our way somewhere else, yeah. I think. So. I wonder um, if Cracker Barrel has their Christmas stuff out. I bet, oh, I bet they oh, do. Yeah, yeah they, I think they already had a little section out a they couple weeks hilarious. ago. That was probably getting bigger as right. time goes on. And Sydney and I were just talking right before the podcast that we've already started to work on our Christmas list, kind of like we've been saying, thinking that the sales are going to be earlier through all of November. I think November becomes the whole month of Black Friday. So kind of have to, for us, like to plan ahead and think about what we what we want to 
uh, ask for, what we're looking for for other people, that sort of thing. Right, because you also have um, Veterans Day in there as well. So if they have yep. Black Friday sales all through the month and then Veterans Day sales, it's just good to think ahead. That's right. And we know that my dad and uh, Penny will be asking for our list <laughs> yeah. soon. So. Yes, and I will, it was hilarious because one year she sent me a picture of an ugly sweater and she's like, um, just so y'all know, this is what you're going to get if you don't give us lists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, to the... They have a lot of people that they buy for. Yeah. They need those lists. Yeah. So funny. If a Moon, if a moon mm-hmm. family member is listening to this, get on those lists. It's helpful <laughs> for Poppy and Grandma Penny. I started my series. What would you call that? I guess it's a two-part series. It's a mini-series. A mini-series, thank you, on autumn leaves. So today, I'm going to finish that up. One of the things that I did not talk about or even mention last time is that not all trees have leaves that change color and fall off. Trees that go through that cycle are the deciduous trees, which are also called broad leaf trees, even though not all the leaves are tremendously broad, but they are compared to needles. The conifer or evergreen trees have needles, and they're called that because they're spiky, unlike the big flat deciduous trees. The conifers or evergreens also produce pine cones. They don't lose their leaves or needles in the winter, and their needles are covered with a heavy wax coating, and the fluids inside the cells contain substances that resist freezing. So evergreen leaves can live for several years before they fall and are replaced with new growth. Now, having said that, we live in the middle of a pine forest. With one row in our backyard of big, huge deciduous trees. Of the the oaks. Yes. Well, we have, there's more than oaks back there. There's sycamore, there's oak. Yeah, there's other things back there. Okay. Yeah. Well, well the big ones are the oaks. Yeah, the and ones we, that we, like, are right there are the yeah. big oaks. Yeah. Yeah. That pine straw, I guess it just drops when it drops, but we have a lot of it. Yeah. It's great for underneath the pine yes. forest itself because it helps keep the, the weeds down and it becomes kind of like a little park because I can keep yeah. it down all the way to the ground. Yeah. Which is really pretty. Uh, but it also gets everywhere in our gutters. It yes. flies everywhere. In a windstorm, it is yeah. just flying everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it does. There are different factors that trigger leaves to change color. The seasons change because the Earth's tilt and revolution cause the northern and southern hemispheres to receive different amounts of direct sunlight. So the part of the Earth that receives less direct sunlight has fewer hours of daylight and cooler temperatures. When the days get shorter, that's the main trigger to cause the leaves to change. But there is more than that. Um, We talked last time about the different enzymes in the leaves. Normally, in the spring and summer, there's a huge amount of chlorophyll. And it maintains that green color throughout the spring and summer because there's just so much. And the sunlight keeps that going. Now, once there's less sunlight, carotenoids and xanthophyll enzymes that are masked by the green chlorophyll. So when there's less sunlight, there's less green chlorophyll, it starts breaking down, and you can see the orange and the yellow through that. So that's why you see the orange and yellows, which are really pretty. The reds are caused by a different chemical change. Sometimes sugars get trapped in the leaves. The sugars produce new pigments that were not part of the leaf during the growing season. These are called anthocyanins. 
Not all leaves produce these, but the ones that do produce the red and purple colors. From my research, it sounds like dogwoods are likely to produce red leaves, some oaks, maples have the reds and oranges, hickories and aspens will turn into golden yellow. The location is also important. Depending on where you live, the autumn characteristics can be different. So in the United States, the Northeast is known for its displays of color. We live near the Shenandoah Valley and Skyline Drive and it's just incredible. The change is incredible and we have leaf peepers come through to come and see the leaf changing. And it's actually probably going to be a big thing, I was thinking, this year, because you can stay in your car. It's yeah. socially distancing. Right. Um, you can drive up along Skyline Drive, enjoy the view, see the beautiful colors. Um, Asia has many of the same types of trees. And a little further south, the changes occur more slowly, and the colors last a few more weeks, but I don't think they're as spectacular because you need some cool evenings. I'll get into that and they don't have those. So the best colors are produced when the weather is dry, sunny, and cool. Places that are cloudy, damp, or warm, such as Europe and the tropics, will not see the same degree of color change. Interesting. Right? So the primary signal, as we talked about earlier, of the tree to change is the length of the day. Shorter days tell a tree it's time to stop photosynthesizing, which is to produce the chlorophyll, the process by which the sunlight and water combine to make food for the tree and to shut down for the winter. So an excessive drought or early frost can cause a tree to go dormant for the winter sooner than during a typical year, which would cause the leaves to fall off sooner or be browner than usual. And that's just sad. (laughs) (laughs) Relatively warm sunny days promote the creation of sugar within the leaves. Relatively cold but not freezing nights acts as a trigger causing the tree to begin to slowly create a protective layer of corky cells called the abscission layer between a leaf stem and a branch which traps some of the sugars in the leaf. So the tree is taking in the nutrients and this abscission layer is being made between the leaf and the branch which because of the different the sunlight the cool nights things like that triggered this behavior and This is what's going to separate the leaf from the tree. As sunlight decreases in autumn, the veins that carry the sap into and out of a leaf gradually close. So as we just said, as the sunlight decreases in autumn, the veins that carry the sap into and out of the leaf gradually close, and that's the abscission layer. When it's complete, the leaf is separated from the tissue that connects it to the branch and it falls. Oak leaves are the exception. The separation layer never fully detaches the dead oak leaves and they remain on the tree through the winter. I always wondered about that. And I think it's certain kinds of oak trees. I don't think it's all oak trees. But I found that fascinating because our oaks keep their brown leaves. Which I think are pin oaks. And then in the spring is when they drop their um, leaves. When they're ready for the... New, New leaves. I thought the pin oaks were... Like, these are wide. I thought pin oaks had the smaller um, leaves. No, they're like, a, they have like a more of an indent. They have more curves that go into. So I'm pretty uh-huh. sure I looked it up that these were the pin oaks. Because we had one of those in Percival too, and they did the same thing. Yeah. And I always, I always used to stand there and think, why is it just keeping its brown just leaves? Just let them go. <laughs> let it go. <laughs> so sugars that escape being trapped in the leaf are stored in the tree trunk and roots and act as a kind of natural antifreeze that protects the deciduous trees during the winter. 
So all of those sugars that are made and the chlorophylls, it actually has a good antifreeze kind of purpose within the tree. But if they are trapped, they produce some beautiful colors. So I guess the, what we want is for the leaves, for the non-oak trees, to stay on as long as possible. Because then you'll get, assuming you didn't have like a drought or something, you'll get the longest set of colors and the best colors. Very true. <laughs> Do you have any questions? Nope. <laughs> well, our trees have begun to change colors in Northern Virginia. We have a kind of a dogwood tree that is very purpley red already. It's the it end is. of September. It's pretty. Um, we have an autumn blaze maple tree that has begun to change. Like an individual leaf will be like red, <laughs> but the rest of it's yeah. green. So a yeah. few few places, few of the leaves. So it's kind of interesting how it's not a uh, like individual leaves react differently. Yeah, you can have part of a tree colored and part of a tree still green. And I guess that's dependent on, part of it would depend on how much sunlight it's getting. Right. But there are, even within the tree, different spots. Yeah. So it's just kind of interesting. And some of the, I noticed a couple of our autumn blaze, which is going to end up being like a red, orange color, had some yellow yep. leaves there. So it was enough of a breakdown of the photosynthesis to bring out the yellow color but it's not to the point where the chemical change has occurred yeah and i think your summary your two-part mini series um <laughs> just is good to remember that sometimes you'll hear people say oh a couple snaps of cold weather and that'll get the leaves changing and it does affect how much of a of a colorful year you'll have and right. when it happens yes but what actually starts the process is the reduction of light right right as we as the earth moves to a different location around the sun based on the tilt so in september we we really start to see the evenings be shorter like right. you get to dark sooner yeah. in the evenings and that's what's then causing the breakdown of the photosynthesis effect right. and then the, this other process to start and then you know, it's so hard to predict when the leaves will be peak. Like, you always hear about peak right, colors. Yeah. And there's guesses. People right. guess. Right. So, the weather, a lot of times, weather people will, will be the guessers because the weather does affect the right. timing of it uh, and how much of a year right. it will be. You'll never know until that yep. year happens. And you hear different people say different things like, oh, it was a wet spring, winter, summer, whatever, and it's going to be make this happen. Right. And it's really the um, cool evenings, warm sunny days, and more dry weather. Yeah. That, that helps the leaves peak. That right. helps them get where they need to be. Right. To and again, spring. though, it's individual trees. Right. That, right and where you, they're located. Right. Because you could say a whole region had those conditions, but these particular leaves had a lot of water. Or trees had a lot of water. Right. Right. Because of some reason. river. Right. Whatever. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, so interesting. Yep. Very interesting. Thanks for sharing all that. I'm going to continue our discussion on Halloween traditions. Last week we talked about pumpkins and jack-o'-lanterns and that kind of history of Samhain and where some of those traditions came from. This week we'll be talking about costumes. And you may wonder, well, why do we wear Halloween costumes at Halloween time? And where did that tradition come from? So that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, but first, do you guys remember... Um, Costumes as a kid or costumes of our kids or things like that. Kind of what, what costumes do you remember? 
I remember when we were growing up, this is Beth, <laughs> the older so generation, <laughs> um, we had, we got these costumes and they were so fun. They came in this box with a plastic front and on top was the mask mm-hmm. and it had this little wraparound stingy thing that you put around your head. An elastic band. Yes. yes. Yeah. And um, so I remember Casper. Ah, okay. You were Casper. And it was so cool. And then underneath the mask would be this plastic, I guess this plastic little outfit. Yeah. It was some a basic arms thing yes. or arms and legs. Yes. And it had a little tie in the back that you tied. And those masks got hot. I don't even know what they were made of. But man, when you were had those on, they had eyes. Did they have mouths? Yeah, they had like a tiny holes for your Two nose. Two of those and, and then a mouth. Yeah. But it was hot in there. And yeah. so you, I said stingy little thing because sometimes when you take that off, you'd sting yourself. Yeah, or get like stuck in your hair yeah. or something or your ear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I remember that. Yeah, I had the so same. fun. I had the same kind of thing. Um, the Halloween I remember the most as a kid under the age of five was the one that where I had a skeleton um, costume just like that where it was a skeleton mask and and then my whole body was you know it was like a black background with skeleton bones yeah, over, and yeah. I, re- I really liked that yeah. one a lot I also remember a year that I got I think I've told this before a stiff neck and I used to get occasionally these really bad um, muscle problems in my neck where I actually couldn't move my I couldn't straighten my head and it would take like a day for it to work out and I grew out of it and this was when I was pretty young like I said, like six or younger. And um, the one year it happened on Halloween. Aww. And my mom was like, no, you can't go out. You, know, you can't go out. <laughs> and I, I think I convinced her finally to let me go to like a couple houses and then come back. But yeah. So those are the, like, I guess, really the two Halloweens I remember as a very young child. But then as I grew up into my teen years, I actually started making my own costumes. So I made one that was a Tootsie Roll. So I used poster board. And brown, I had brown uh, uh, sweatpants and sweat uh, clothes on. And then I had like this Tootsie Roll twisty fabric thing I did in the pop top. So I was like a, a like a human-sized Tootsie Roll. And I painted the outside into the Tootsie Roll stenciled like font and everything. So then the next year, I thought, I'm going to do that. But I'm going to do it for, uh, to be a, um, a crayon. So the following year, I was a crayon as well. So what color? Blue. Oh, you yeah. departed from the whole brown yes, look. Yeah. yeah. So those were those were fun costumes I remember as a kid. I think the costume that I remember the most was the one that um, you helped us out with, Dad. It was a robot costume made from cardboard boxes. You had put like either foil or you had spray painted it. I think you spray painted it silver. silver, silver and yeah. yeah. And then you, um, uh, we got like these random little pipe things. Yes. And we glued them on the costume, and then you got this. What was this stuff for the arms? It was like the stretchy silver um, stuff. It was the dryer, yeah, um, yeah, extending um, tube yeah. that you normally put from your dryer to the, the outside vent. outlet for the vent, right? Yeah. So they're silver and stretchy, right? So you had that, and then um, you actually put working lights yes. on us. This it, was before like you could just go to Target and grab right. individual battery operated right. lights. Yeah, this yeah. was how many years ago? Like this was a long like, yeah, this over, was a ago. Over this would have been like two thousand two two thousand three, two thousand four. Yeah. Yeah. And um we had lampshades for heads and I had made Which um, were spray painted silver. silver. 
Yes, yep. they're yeah. printed in silver. Yeah, so like everything was like silver. It was mm-hmm. so cute. And then um, I had this little pink bunny. Stuffed that animal. I, stuffed yeah. animal that I love to bring around. So um, I made her a costume out of, I believe it was a, a tissue, tissue box. box. Yeah, yeah, a little like... I, I wear tissue box. Yeah, either spray painted or like covered it in foil. You covered that one in foil. Yeah, yeah. So, but um, we were matching. Yeah, essentially, yeah. <laughs> I put like holes in um, the the head piece for her ears to hang out. Um, it was really cute. And then we trick or treated, and I think it was like one of the, like the first or second year we were here, <clears throat> and I remember we were trick or treating, and Cole's lights went out. Which was sad. <laughs> yeah, in his costume, the, I think yeah. the battery or the the electrical wiring got yeah, messed up. Got messed up. And then um, I do remember another year, um, I I me and Cole encountered a lady who was hiding behind a mask when we went up to her house, and um, she said Happy Halloween, and then we said Trick or Treat, and she didn't do anything. So she did it again. I said, happy Halloween. And then she gave me a piece of candy. Cole wouldn't even do it. No, he wasn't yeah. having any of it. So I, that was I think, a weird one. Yeah, it was. And um, when so, he came back, I remember saying, you telling me about it. I said, cool, why didn't you say happy Halloween? He said, it wasn't worth it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess he wasn't willing to buy into her control freak kind of yeah. Halloween. That was the weirdest house I think we encountered. But, um, but yeah, that was the most memorable costume I remember. But we were other things too, but... With I remember you being a tooth fairy and you had yeah. two missing teeth one year. That's right. You both were pirates one year. Yeah. Pirate, pirate skeletons That's one year. Right. Yes. That was fun. Yes, that when was really fun. When Cole was little, he was Thomas the Tank Engine. Yes. He had, he loved trains. Yes. Loved them. So he was Thomas the Tank Engine. Remember he was Peter Pan at one point too. Yep. And you yeah. were a little lion one year when you were very little. Um, you also, when you were older, I think much older. Now we, we did a lot of things with um, youth um we, did. Oh, we had a true. large youth group that you guys were involved with. So we had a lot of parties with the youth. Costume parties. Costume, yes. Halloween parties with the youth and, and things like that. And I remember, and you both, Cole loves to make his own costumes. He yeah. loves to kind of think through that. And like his father. He, he and, um, <laughs> Well, that was he continues to. I, I have stopped. Um, I would rather, I have three costumes right now. I just recycle through them. Yeah. A knight, a sheriff, and a Jedi. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I have a Santa Claus one, but I haven't worn that one in a long time. Mm-hmm. But you two would often create your own costumes and things. And I remember the one year, though, you got a Snow White costume. Yeah. And that, you, you looked so much like Snow White that year. Because your did. hair was short. Like it was her. super short. Yes. It was, like, black. Yes. It was she, curly. Her yeah. hair is... Is black and curly anyway. Like, she just has black curly hair and white, white skin. Yeah. So, it was yeah. like the perfect costume. Yeah, so I was Snow White there, and then we ended up going to a friend's house for actual, like, Hall- on Halloween. Yes. And that, they, you know, it was also a dress-up party where adults dressed up and stuff like that. And I remember, like, they had little kids there, and I think um, there were, like, two little girls who dressed up as Snow White. Who ended up taking a picture with me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, you were the real Snow. You were like the celebrity. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. fun. Yeah, I think costumes. There's so much a fun part, or can be a fun part of your family time and growing up and yeah. traditions. And, and looking back, I mean, when you were the youth costume party, you were a crazy cat lady. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. I thought that was hilarious. It was so creative what you did. So, yeah, yeah you can be so creative with costumes, but mm-hmm. you have to again. It takes planning, mm-hmm. right? So every year, the National Retail Federation releases data on shoppers' habits and what they buy. 
So I have some information from 2019 because they release it after a year to kind of show what the popular um, costumes are. Okay. So what would you think the most popular kid costume is in general? And it has been for a while just in terms of purchases. Harry Potter. Regardless of boy or girl. Although it can be specifically for a boy or girl. I would normally guess like Avengers somewhere in there. But if it's been for a while, I mean, people still dress up as like... Clowns or ghosts. Okay. So good. Here's or the witches. L- or witches. The funny thing is, the number one, um, and it has been for a while, is princesses. Oh, okay. yeah. So kids kids yeah. love to dress yeah. up in twirling ball gowns. Um, so that's kind of funny. Um, other ones are like, you mentioned, like superhero, Marvel, Spider-Man's really popular, Avenger characters, Batman's always popular. Yeah. And then the, the next section of the top ten is... Are like the traditional ones, which are funny. Witches, ghosts, vampires, pirates. So Mm -hmm. it's funny that those still hang in there. All right, so then on the adult side, looking at trendy costumes for 2020. So these are predictions. These are predictions, yes. So trendy costumes for 2020. What do you think might be on that list? We're not the most trendy people, is that what you're saying? Um, No, Again, you go back to Marvel, maybe some of the Marvel... Honestly, like, I'm thinking of all the obnoxious, like, sexy outfits that oh, women have yeah, that are yeah. obnoxious. I would say, like, Disney characters or um, maybe Star Wars or even just, again, the classics. Like, just... Well, this year, because we're talking about trendy. Okay. What the trendy ones be? So, Joe Exotic and Carol Baskin. Ah, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's so funny. Yes. Yes. Alexander Hamilton. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Now, a popular show on TVs right now, this Masked Singer. Uh-huh. So that's another one. Oh, can I guess? Um, King George from um, Hamilton would be a fun Yes, one. he would be a fun one. That would be. Um, Black Panther. Black Panther. Ah. Uh, Quarantine Couch Potato. That's hilarious. Mr. Rogers. Really? Really? Yes, because of the movies and things like that. Yeah, Mr. Rogers. interesting. Oh, that's a cute one. Yeah. Um, doing a Snapchat filter. That's hilarious. <laughs> that's so funny. I've seen people like with the Instagram like frames. Right. And they go as like an Instagram post. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I thought this was funny too, that cows continue to be very trendy for adults. That's just so funny. Who wants to be a cow? <laughs> I, know. I know. It's so funny. So looking back in the history of costumes in general i'm gonna let you guys look at some of the some old pictures of costumes from the from early 1900s um oh so they goodness. were costumes were pretty horrifying <laughs> in the early years and and we'll talk about why in a second but in the first half of the 20th century they were really basically terrifying they they're were. drawing on um, the holiday pagan roots it was more about warding off evil spirits and we talked about last week that a lot of the traditions came from Samhain and that the festival and the darker um, half of the year in the British Isles. It was believed that during that festival that the world of the gods, small g, became visible to humans, resulting in supernatural mischief. So some people offered treats and food to the gods to kind of ward them off, but others wore disguises with like animal skins and heads. So that wandering spirits might mistake them for one of their own and not bother them. So hiding behind their costumes, villagers often would play pranks and tricks on each other as well, blaming the spirits as the culprits. Uh, So masks and cover-ups came to be seen as a means to get away with things. And that's really continued over the Halloween uh, evolution. And I will say, Disney, for when adults dress up, 
Do, don't they not allow adults to wear masks? Or has you that can't changed? wear it. That's right. So the way Disney does it, this year is different. They're yeah, letting uh, adults and kids both dress up. But when you're over a certain age, you can't wear a face I think, actually, you can't wear a face mask in yeah. general. I mean, but covering now you the have face. to wear a mask. Yeah, but you can't wear Right. So you could decorate and have your mask be right. part of the costume. Yeah, right. But COVID you can't mask. wear a whole face mask. Right. 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 Gotcha. In the medieval years in England and Ireland, people would dress up in outfits symbolizing the souls of the dead. So they would go from house to house gathering treats or spice-filled soul cakes on behalf of other souls. From the late 15th century, people started wearing spooky outfits to personify winter spirits or demons and would recite verses, songs, and folk plays in exchange for food. This was known as mumming, the practice of mumming, M-U-M-M-I-N-G. You know, it's a good thing that the spirits don't have an um, issue with each other. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, what as long what? as you're a spirit, you're <laughs> safe. Like a mistaken identity and one spirit is like annoyed at the other. Like, right. what do you That's do That's right. <laughs> you just made it worse. <laughs> yeah. So, bring this to America then. With the first wave of Irish and Scottish immigrants arriving in the 18th century, Halloween superstitions, traditions, and costumes migrated with them. So, once Halloween entered the American culture, it's popularity spread over time. So people in rural America embraced kind of the pagan ideas or the pagan traditions, kind of the, the darkness, the center around death and scariness. And they wore the scary, frightening get-ups that were made from sheets and makeup and improvised masks. But by the 1920s and 30s, like we've said before, that's really when Halloween took hold across America. And people were holding annual Halloween masquerades aimed at both adults and children. The costume preparations, as they do today, would begin as early as August. It was really a way to come together towards the end of the year uh, before the, turning into the winter. And the marketing from companies really focused and played heavily on Halloween to sell all those things to people wanting to have those kind of parties and it became more commercialized in those years. Then, as time went on, really by the 40s, manufacturing companies really began to push pop culture in costumes. So, the J. Halpern Company, which was one of the big companies that did costumes back in the 30s and 40s, started to push and license images of fictional characters like Popeye, Olive Oil, Little Orphan Annie, Mickey Mouse around that time. So people began to switch somewhat away from the super scary, spooky ones to more family-oriented ones. Because of the prank nature that came over with the tradition of Halloween, it had this prank nature to it that kind of pushed into vandalism. And in the 1940s, it became a problem. And a lot of politicians and community groups were really kind of fighting against Halloween because of the problems it caused with rioting and vandalism and, you know, basically illegal acts. And they actually tried to abolish Halloween and establish things like Conservation Day or Community Day. Yeah, that's not nearly as fun. (laughs) Right. But the idea being, let's focus on the community and less on this. So then the tact that seemed to work best was, let's focus Halloween on the kids Mm -hmm. rather than on adults. So there was this real heavy push that Halloween is for kids. So that's why that really came about was because adults were not acting responsibly during Halloween. So from lots of different ways, including the press and 
politicians and community groups, there's this push, Halloween's for kids, you know, not for adults kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I think it's spread out more evenly now that we kind of got over the Halloween is this time to vandalize things. Right. Right. So, which is good. Yeah. But, you know, it's funny because you do, you know, kids of all ages do like to dress up. I know there have been people that were like, oh, teenagers shouldn't dress up. And it's like, are you kidding me? Teenagers love to dress up. Right. So if teenagers come to your door, give them a piece of candy. So after World War II, as TV brought pop culture into family homes, then American Halloween costumes echoed what they were seeing on TV with superheroes, comic characters, entertainment figures. They also became increasingly store-bought rather than made. And by the 1960s, Ben Cooper, a manufacturing company that helped turn Halloween into a pop phenomenon, owned 70 to 80% of the Halloween market. So there's one... One group, basically, that owned a lot of that. And they were deciding what was available to the general public. So, and generally speaking, the 60s marked a shift in the way we dressed up for Halloween. Grown-ups, in particular, ditched masks and full coverage, opting to show their faces. So, the costumes became a way to play a lighter, special version of yourself. So, like Wonder Woman or Luke Skywalker, things like that. So, adults started to get kind of back into the swing of it by that point. So, like, role models and stuff like that. That's good. Yes. Now, I thought it was interesting just looking a little bit over the history. So, in Victorian times, the emphasis was still kind of on the deep, scary things. And the masquerade parties, they actually had, in women's magazines, printed instructions for making costumes at home. Yeah, that makes sense. Right? So, kind of, this is how you would do it. In the early 1900s, paper costumes became very popular. Because plastic wasn't a big thing until really post-World War II that it became um, available and popular. So, you know, those full of costumes you were talking about with, the, like, mine was a skeleton. Yes. Right? They would have been a paper version of it. So, it would not have been good on a, you know, wet night. It wouldn't have. No. <laughs> to do that. So, I thought it was interesting just to look at the history. I looked up on the site from the dailymeal.com on what were the most popular Halloween costumes for every decade. Mm-hmm. Starting in the 1920s. Okay. So what do you think it was in the 1920s based on what I was saying? I don't know. Something scary like, I don't know. Witches? Clowns. That is scary. Look, I'm looking at this one right here. And that's like the one clown isn't bad, but he's hugging something that looks like a skeleton. Is that what it is? Um, I don't know. It's probably it like just a doll. It looks like a skeleton. Oh. So yeah. other staples back then were witches, gypsies, farmers. They were big and popular in the 20s. So then in the 30s started the shift. So what might have been the popular ones in the 30s? What cartoon might have become very popular in the 1990s? Mickey Mouse? Mickey Mouse. Uh. Mickey and Minnie Mouse became um, the popular, because this was a shift to the more commercialized, Mm -hmm. right, available costume. So Mickey and Minnie became very popular. And Snow White as well. Being yeah. popular in the 30s. It's interesting though, because those kind of those costumes back then were still a little scary. Yes, the, the, the Mickey and Minnie depictions that oh, I've yeah. seen in different ones. They're yeah. like, oh, <laughs> daddy's right. not like that anymore. Yeah. 1940s. What do you think was popular? Now, beginning. Remember, the 40s were a little more of a down era because of the war. There was a little more, you know, less positive view in the world. What might have been popular back then? Well, you said that was the time of rioting, so, so anything with a mask, I guess. Skeletons yes. were really popular. Witches were the number Wait, one. Wait, did you say skeletons? Yes. Because I said skeletons. I know, exactly. I win. <laughs> you did. <laughs> I so, win that decade. So skeletons, well, <laughs> witches were the number one. Oh. But skeletons and cute clowns were popular in the 40s. 
Interestingly, this was the decade that the sexy costume was created. The sexy witch costume was created in the 1940s. 40s? That's yes. a long time ago. Yes. Uh, of okay. course, sexy back then is not quite the same as true. it is now. But That's still, true. yeah, thanks 1940s. Yeah. <laughs> All right, 1950s, post-war. If you remember, we talked about this. Um, I had a series on, actually on how post-war there was this kind of connection to the Polynesian oh, like background so a and tiki's, kind of right. So Hawaiian dress was very popular in the 1950s, as well as Western films became very popular in the oh, 50s. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. David Crockett, Tarzan, Zorro, all those were popular. Now we get to the 60s. 1960s were when superheroes really became popular. Superman, Spider-Man, Catwoman, Batman. Batgirl, Batman. Other pop culture icons like Dennis the Menace, the Beatles. Oh, yeah, that in makes In the 1960s. Sense. Yep. 1970s, any guesses? Tie-dyed things and um, Woodstock kind of stuff. It's funny you say Woodstock because Charlie Brown <laughs> <laughs> and the Peanuts was their number one. That's interesting. But That's sweet. Yes, but other costumes like from Star Wars, Barbie and Ken... Um, and then the traditional ones all continue. Like I uh, said, not hippies. Continue to be used. Okay, not, not the hippie ones, at least in this list. Right, because aren't they like... They, they were like living it. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, people who look back are the ones right. who are, have yeah. the costumes, yeah. In the 1980s, it was Hulk Hogan. It was Elvira. So it was pop-centric Halloween costumes again. 1990s. Disney. Tons and tons of Disney. You have 101 Dalmatians, you have Lion King, you have like the princess, so third many of the princesses. Things. Yeah. Yes. But uh, including, I should say, including Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, yeah. Power Rangers. That's true. Star Trek characters. Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, so all those in the 90s. Mm-hmm. 2000s, Michael Jackson, Britney Spears, Jennifer Lopez, Harry Potter shows up, SpongeBob, hey, yeah. Spider Man, and the proliferation of costumes mm-hmm. that you can buy is crazy in the 80s and 90s yeah um, and then you get to the 2000s and it becomes very pop culture centric yeah. 2010s that's the other thing i was hermione granger yes you were right yeah you were very good harmony granger you were yeah. yeah i had brown fluffy hair yeah okay most recently the 2010s mm-hmm. what would you say were the most popular avengers avengers yeah how about frozen oh gosh yes <laughs> Yes, that's a great yes. one. Yeah, but right. Avengers were super popular as well as as well as um, Game of Thrones cast. Oh, that makes sense. Harley too. Quinn, the DC side as well, yeah. um, as well as political people and different people from the pop culture and celebrities. Yeah, no, but you're right about Frozen because you yeah. think about a song that both boys and girls love. Yes, that would be Frozen. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Let it go. Let it go. I also thought it was interesting. The number one costume for pets over the last uh, couple of years. What do you think it is? Pet costume, number one. Uh, hot dogs. I would have instantly guessed hot dog. It was not. It was, it was a pumpkin. Funny? <gasps> really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was gonna number two was hot dog. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's yes. what I always see. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, the, and millions and millions of dollars spent on pet costumes. Yeah. Or yeah. tacos. Yeah. Yeah. Like tacos that. were on that list as well. Yeah. Ladybugs were on the list. Yeah. I would see like pictures of cats and they all look miserable. I know. Right? <laughs> yeah. They're like, don't trust me, huh? That's yeah, right. They're like, you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> So um, I hope you all are having fun making and thinking of your costumes for this Halloween. Not sure what Halloween's going to look like this year. 
with the um, virus out there and being more restricted in what we're able to do. But I hope that you're able to put some fun costumes together for this year and the next year and future Halloweens ahead. Our future festivities are for the week of October 12th. October 12th is Old Farmer's Day. October 13th is International Skeptics Day. Oh, is it? I'm not so (laughs) sure. October 14th is really a universal day, National Dessert Day. It should be like all desserts all day long. Yeah. October 15th, National I Love Lucy Day. October 16th, Department Store Day. October 17th, Wear Something Gaudy Day. And October 18th, National Chocolate Cupcake Day. <laughs> um, you can follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are at Holiday underscore Moons. On Instagram, we are at Holiday Moons. On Facebook, you can find us by searching Holiday Moons in the search bar. We have a Facebook group and a Facebook page. And you can contact us at any time at HolidayMoons at gmail.com. So for Sydney, Beth, and Randy, Happy Happy Halloween. Halloween!
having a good time.
WML95, BJX and DJ Techno in 2015.